What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. Oh, it is great to be here. Great to have you. Great to be back. The NFL Combine is here. Uh, the Mari Cooper trade. A lot of news going on right now. But man, uh, it, it, I gotta tell you, I was so I I, I did not I was uh, not home to watch the combine. Um, so I've been watching you know highlights of it on YouTube. I love getting you know this is one of my favorite times of year getting mock drafts stuff like that together. Um, and the combine it, it's gonna I I don't know the I mean these receivers have just some unbelievable speed. You heard Rich Eisen say he said this is. By far the fastest group of receivers we've ever seen. Chris, uh, a new record is broken uh, for the for the forty yard dash. Tyquan Thornton breaks it four two one. Chris Olave ran a four two six. Just an unbelievable amount of good, uh, super speedy wide receivers. Um, and by the way, the corners and everyone still have to run, but just the speed in this year's NFL draft is on. Believable, so and that that's kind of a good thing, I believe, uh, for these teams because th- they won't have to, uh, you know, try to over um, spend on a receiver in the first round because you can have a lot of receivers, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, they're going to be going, um, you know, high in this high high in this draft. But the thing is, you're still going to have Tyquan Thornton, the new 40-yard dash record holder, sitting there, possibly at the end of the first round. Maybe someone will steal him. There is going to be a lot of steals in the second, third, even fourth round, or, or even just a lot. You're going to see a lot of teams this year. I'm, I, I've always been a big believer in this, is that a speed receiver, as much as for whatever reason, um, you know, media and scouts often kind of hate on them because they're not the because they can't they're not you know a, that effective in the red zone or or whatever. When you add a speed receiver, you saw the Browns do this last year with Anthony Swartz. He was a track guy. They got him late in the late in the draft. When you add him, it's not about if he's going to rack up big numbers. Marquise Brown for the Ravens. All these guys. As long as you have other targets, it's not about them being number one receiving threats. It's about the fact that they make the defense every time he's on the field and a pass is thrown, look at him and say, you know what, he can break the top. We got to back up. It, it's just, it's simply about that fact of making the de- defense account for one more thing. It's just like a mobile QB in Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Every time those guys have the ball in a pocket, they got to put a spy on them. They got to watch them. They got to do something because it just makes the defense account for one more thing that they didn't have to before. And that's really what the whole thing comes down to. Um, so I do want to share uh, some of the best uh, receivers, I think. And by the way, Chris Olave ran a 4-2-6. I did not think he was that fast because whenever you watch him, he's so smooth. Like he's so smooth when you watch him in and out. He doesn't have to hit the gas and accelerate and back down all the time. He can do it so effortlessly. So he's going to be a steal. Uh, by the way, Jameson Williams, a speed guy, didn't even run the 40. He would have been in the 4-2s. So it is crazy. Uh, just crazy the amount of 40s that are going on, uh, the amount of speed that is being put on in this year's NFL Combine. I promise I have NFL mock drafts coming up for for you guys. 
Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time of year. This could be a great time of year. NFL Combine, draft coming up, March Madness, NBA playoffs. It, it, lots of good sporting events going on. Okay, let's talk about the Cowboys. Because the Cowboys, uh, they are planning on releasing Amari Cooper. And, you know, Amari Cooper is certainly going to have a market. There is no debating that fact. He is a good receiver, uh, possession guy, speed, deep threat, whatever. I I like him. He is expensive. Okay, I I totally get that part of it. But look, this is how I would say. This is this is the way I would put it. Um, if you're the Cowboys, yes, there's going to be a you can get 80% of him in my opinion probably in this year's draft. Okay? Uh I believe that. With the receiver talent that's out there, it doesn't listen, even if the big name guys Jameson Williams, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, whoever get drafted, you're going to have speed receivers all over the place. You're, you're going to have receivers all over the place. We just talked about that. But here's what it really comes down to. Um, if you are if you are confident in picking receivers and you're like, you know what, we got to make some room for the cap because Dax Costin got an arm and a leg. Then I wouldn't say it's the worst thing to 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 let go of Mark Cooper. But here's what I would say: uh, you are a team right now that is you're going to see this throughout the offseason, in my opinion, in Dallas. They are a team right now that has paid their players so much, and in the like like let me give an example of this. The Cowboys this year, what the Rams did this year is what the Cowboys wanted to do. And I know you're like, well, obviously they wanted to win the Super Bowl. But that's not necessarily what I mean. Yes, they wanted to win the Super Bowl. But I mean the way that they went about it, the all-in, the paying players what they want, the win, the Super Bowl window, all of that. Dallas did it in this year. And then they lose in the first round to the 49ers. And here's the and here, and here's really the real problem with that statement or, or with that. Now you've got a team that is super expensive. You're gonna have to make a lot of tough decisions, and uh, you're paying Dak a lot of money. So maybe you're gonna if you're Dallas, yeah, you're probably gonna have to give up an Amari Cooper. You're probably gonna have to give up. You know, maybe a. You know, it depends on who you want to go up. Ezekiel Elliott, someone like that, make room. Try to recompensate with draft picks because draft picks aren't going to cost you as much as those guys are. And you can get 80% of those guys, you know, in my opinion. But it's just this idea that, look, you won all in last year. And I know you didn't necessarily do it in the same exact style, but you paid Dak what he wanted. You were paying players all over the place. And then. It, it, and then it kind of all falls apart. You are looking good at the regular season. Postseason, it all falls apart. So look, this idea that the Cowboys are going to be back next year and they're going to be fine, you know, I, I don't know if that's the case. Um, they've certainly got a lot of struggles to work out. They've got a lot of... they got a lot of struggles to work out. 
They've got a lot of uh, just downright financial uh, situations that they're going to have to cut some players, unfortunately, get rid of some players, get rid of some stars. Um, you know, so so this idea that, you know, the Cowboys are going to be back next year and everything's going to be fine, I just don't see that happening. Now, Amari Cooper is a great receiver. People are going to want him. I truly believe people are going to want Amari Cooper. But the question becomes, are you willing to – the question becomes for Dallas is how many players are going to be willing to get up? How good do you think your scouting department is to recompensate for those players with cheaper draft choices? Um, and, and, and that's really a question Dallas is going to have to ask themselves and work out among them, amongst themselves. All right. Um, let's go uh, because, look. There is a lot of I, I know I know I kind of went off the podcast um, right as the whole Kyler Murray deal is kind of going on. It's been going down for a while now, and look, I'll be I'm just gonna be completely honest with you guys. You guys know I feel about Kyler Murray. I think he's very underrated by most standards. I think his he plays the position. He he's a not that he plays in a unique way. I mean he does, but but we've seen running quarterbacks for the years. But it's just his downright, um, his it's, it's just the way he plays the position. He's a he's by far, in my opinion, okay, in the history of the game. I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback that can run like he can and have and has the throwing ability that he has. Like Russell Wilson. It's an amazing thrower of the football. He can scramble. He doesn't quite have the running ability of Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson can run. He doesn't have the throwing ability of Kyler Murray. Like, like Lamar Jackson can run like Kyler Murray. He doesn't have the throwing ability of Kyler Murray. Um, and Michael Vick could run. He could run with Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. I don't think he could throw like Kyler Murray could. And so, look, I totally understand um, he's a unique talent. And, and that's why I, I, I've always liked him. Favorite quarterback in the league. But I'm just gonna be honest with you, okay? I I I'm try to I try to be fair on this podcast. So I'm gonna keep being fair. Um, look, if he wants a contract, that's fine. If you want to go to Arizona and say I want a contract extension, that's fine. But the way this whole thing has been gone about, the way it's been going on, scratching Arizona from your feed, uh, you know, the contract report that just was wild, uh, like, the, like the contract that had like his demands in it. It, it. It's just, it's all unfolding and it's just not looking good uh, for Kyler Murray, if I'm being honest. Um, it's not, it, listen, it's not that I don't think he deserves an extension, okay? And by the way, I totally understand what, what Kyler Murray is coming from in this sense, where it's like, well, look, I've seen... Josh Allen get paid. I've seen, uh, you know, guys in their third year get paid, and I've done a lot. I mean, I brought you guys. I know we didn't win it, but I brought you guys to the playoffs. You guys were, you guys drafted me with the number one pick, and you guys just struggled before I got here, and now I'm here, and we're doing good. And so I get that sense of it. But the way that he's gone about it, it, it's very similar to what I would say in the Aaron Rodgers situation last year and coming into this year. I get why Aaron Rodgers was upset, okay? But the way he went about it, in my opinion, kind of 
made a lot of people ignore what he was actually saying. And the same thing with Kyla Murray. Um, it, when you voice your complaints, whenever look, whenever you have a complaint about something, or not even a complaint, just an issue with something, okay, uh, you, you cannot, you have to be careful about going out in public, okay, and trying. A, you got to be careful about making it public, but B, and Aaron Rodgers, in, at least in Aaron Rodgers' cases, you have to be careful about what you say about it, how you go about it, and when like Aaron Rodgers reporting to practice, or Kyler Murray scrubs his feet of all social media, of all Arizona stuff, then I feel like it makes a lot of people kind of just, you know, like kind of like roll their eyes, like, come on, you know, like, we get, I, I'm not saying I don't understand the reason they're upset, but the way they went about how they were upset, I think, put a lot of people in their franchise corners uh, and not theirs. In just my opinion. Okay, let's talk about quarterbacks. Uh, Kenny Pickett's hand size uh, is a big deal. Look, to me, that's... To me, look, here's the here's the deal. We can measure somebody's hands all we want to, but I've, I've seen him play in college. Um, and I was watching um, the Rich Eisen show yesterday, uh, or at least a clip of it, and Ryan Leaf was guest hosting on that show, and he said something which made... in in just a complete... You know, it just totally made sense, which was, well, you know, people are talking about his hand size, but paraphrasing here, but people are talking about his hand size, but, you know, Desmond Ritter fumbled 10 more times than he did in college. So it's like, yeah, you know, why are we getting caught up in the measurements when the game film tells us fumbles aren't necessarily really an issue for him? Um, look, to me, I, I, to me, hand size has always been one of those things that, and by the way, I totally understand that the that the footballs are different from college to pro, and that the weather conditions are different. But but like, uh, but look, I mean, Kenny Pickett is a guy who who has played. Uh, he's played the position for multiple years. Uh, he's been he was a Heisman finalist. He beat Clemson this year, um, and he's he's just really. Straight up, downright, just a good quarterback and a good team player. No, in my opinion, he's not the most talented guy I've ever seen. But to me, if I was an NFL scout or a GM or whoever, and I'm thinking about drafting this guy, I'm not going to go and be like, oh my gosh, his hand size is small. What I'm going to do is look at the game film, look at the game tape, tell me what it says. And by the way, he's an athlete, he can run, he can move, he's bigger, his hand sizes are not that big. Okay, I get that. But when you watch the film, did he have a turnover issue? No. I understand if he had a turnover issue in college. And then and then the hand size came out. And you're like, okay, there's the correlation. We kind of got to be careful. We'll see how much this weighs into our factor. We'll see how much this factors in into us deciding to draft him or not. But if you're just going to downright, you know, not pay attention to that and just write him off because he's got small hands, I, I just don't agree with that. I think that's bad draft style. The Bengals didn't do it a couple years ago. Joe Burrow, I uh, remember he's put a tweet about it. So, look, th- this idea that uh, hand size is everything in measuring quarterbacks, I completely agree with Ryan Leaf and what a lot of other people are saying, which is that it's just downright nonsense. Um, by the way, speaking of quarterbacks, I do want to talk about them a little bit. Someone who really impressed me uh, with their 40 time was Desmond Ritter. Now, look, I know that this is not the draft 
at least a lot of scouts and GMs are saying, like, like the past few years, let's just be honest about this. We have been spoiled, okay, with the past few quarterback drafts. We've gotten Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Josh Allen, like, like we've gotten so many good young quarterbacks, so many gifted young quarterbacks. And by the way, that is not to say that this draft does not have gift to quarterbacks. Because I guarantee you, this could be one of the drafts people are saying is terrible. Watch, everyone's going to say the draft is terrible. And a year from now, all these quarterbacks are going to ball out. Uh, these quarterbacks are going to be future all-famers. So it's just, I, I think this could potentially be one of those years. But speaking of the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter uh, ran a 4-5 first run, got into the 4-4s the second run. And when I was watching that, I honestly thought to myself, that's a big deal. Like, like that is a huge deal that he got into the 4-4s, or even when he was in the 4-5s. And here's why, in my opinion. We've seen the evolution of the quarterback position, right? We, we've seen it grow. From scrambling quarterbacks to uh, from pocket quarterbacks to what people are really looking for now, which is a mobile quarterback. Now, Desmond Ritter, okay, is not the best prospect to ever, like, he's not the best prospect we've ever seen in the world, right? But that doesn't mean that he's not good. He's not Trevor Lawrence as ter- in terms of prospect, right? Like, Trevor Lawrence was big, could run, slim, but that was really one of his only downsides, right? Desmond Ritter does have a few downsides, or at, at least at least concerns for the moment being. But that speed that he displayed is big because a lot of people are looking for a cheaper quarterback, which you can get in the NFL draft. A lot of people are looking for a quarterback and looking for a quarterback that they can play with that they don't have to feel limited by, that they don't have to feel confined by, right? Like, like they they can watch a quarterback, and or they can play with their quarterback, and they don't have to feel like okay, uh, we have to be careful about running this play because if he doesn't get out of there, there's a sack, right? Like you want that treatment of just okay, my quarterback can get out of this if need be. And no, you're gonna be it's gonna be hard to find another Michael Vick or Kyle Murray or Lamar Jackson in terms of running. But when a quarterback can get into the four fours, trust me. That's going to put defenses on notice with spies and everything like I was talking about earlier. It just makes the defense think about one more conditional thing. And so that's why uh, that four five four four nine speed that he displayed is a huge deal for him being a quarterback. I mean, he, it, it's crazy good for a quarterback. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. And before you go... Um, I would just like to say this. Uh, I have a uh, I have a Bible verse here that I'd like to like to read to you guys, uh, and and if you would be willing, I'd like to say a prayer for you guys. So first of all, look, I know many of you people that are listening to this are like, look, I didn't turn in this podcast to hear about uh, religion, but I don't want to tell you about religion. I want to tell you about Jesus because Jesus is willing. Um, to take you as you are, because I know that, look, in life you can get caught up in a lot of stuff, right? Like, there's a lot of bad out there in the world. And, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is willing to 
forgive you the way you are. Now, it doesn't mean that you can, you know, say the, people like to call it the magical prayer. It doesn't mean that you can just say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me my sins, and then just go and, and live however you want, keep living in sin, okay? It means you got to try to change. But Jesus is willing to take you as you are right now. And if you would, I would just like to read this Bible verse. And uh, if you're still listening, I really appreciate it. And it says, Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came to him, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. This is out of Mark 10, verse 35. Uh, and he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right and one on your hand and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So Jesus said to him, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with you, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but is for those to whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they became to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them? Yet it so be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life. This part's very important. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Look, um, remember uh, what Jesus is saying here is that, you know, those people are obviously asking him about the kingdom of heaven, and can they be seated on his right hand and left hand? And Jesus is like, look, I, I'm not, I'm not just, that's not mine to give. And, and I, 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 I'm not just going to give you, you know, to be seated next to me. But here's what I do give you. You will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism, I am baptized with. You will be baptized. He's saying, look, I, I'm not going to grant you that. But you will drink the cup that I drink. You will be baptized the way I'm baptized. And the last verse, verse 45, very important. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to serve his life a ransom for many. Let me tell you something. Jesus came to big to give his life a ransom, okay? To give his life for you and for me and to take our punishment. I know if you're listening to this, you're like, I didn't come to hear this and maybe turning it off. And I, I, if you're still listening to this, I greatly appreciate it. But look, um, he came to give his life for us, okay? And you're like, oh, I don't want to be one of those religious people. I'm not asking to be religious, okay? You, you got to understand, religion um, is man-made. God, many people think you get to heaven by being a good person. And that's not possible because the reality is, you know the you know how people say we're not perfect? Well, that's really another way of saying we've all have sinned, right? Because we're not perfect. We all have sin. And God said, you know what? Let me do something for you. So he came down in the human form of Jesus, and he died on the cross for all sins. And he, it's a free gift. You, you cannot you, you cannot earn salvation. It's a free gift from him. But you do have to follow him. So I will ask you, um, look, uh, and I would like to read one more verse, uh, Acts uh, 16.31 also says this. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and your household. So look, the reality is we all have sinned. And if you go to a court of law, 
right? Let's suppose, uh, let, let's say that you murdered somebody and, uh, and the, and you said, uh, to the, and judge says, okay, it says here you murdered somebody. And you said, I know judge, but, uh, I did all these good works. Well, that's not the case. The, uh, what is the judge going to say? So he could say, oh, you did good works. So I'm going to go. He's going to say, so what? You still murdered somebody. Well, we've all sinned against God. We've all sinned. We've all, the Bible says, for all men have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So we've all sinned. And so you can't tell uh, God, you know, when you die or whenever it, or, or judgment day or whatever, that you have done good stuff. And I know that's what a lot of people think. But it comes through salvation. Salvation comes through Jesus. Salvation is through no other name but him. So I ask that if you're not saved, um, I'd be willing to, I, I, I want to say a prayer with you, but it's very important because I do not want to make, uh, I do not want to make people um, false converts because it's very important that you understand this. Jesus gives you, you know, I don't know if you know who Phil Robertson is, but he put this beautifully. He said, if you're a child of God, immortality, immorality, immortality is yours. You can live forever. And so, look, it, I know it's, you know, if you if you never heard that before or whatever, you're probably listening to this and you're like, man, you sound, you sound crazy living forever. But I would encourage you, first of all, if you would just, if you would just let me say this prayer for you, whoever this is listening to this, dear father, I ask that you touch this person's heart. Whoever is listening to this, I ask that you, that you put, but you put your word on their heart and you help them to know you better and help them to seek you better. In Jesus' name, amen. But I want you to know that Jesus does have the power to give you eternal life. But look, he, he's not just going to give it out to anybody. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. He is going to give it out to anybody who wants it. You have to want it. And you have to follow him and you have to repent of your sins. But that's all you have to do. To put faith in him, trust that he took your punishment, repent of your sins, and follow him. And let me tell you something. When you start reading the Bible and you start doing this, it will fulfill you. Because I know that that we're all looking for stuff to fulfill us. Jesus will fulfill you. And I ask that you, and I and I really pray and hope that uh, whoever is listening to this, whoever you are, that, that you put this on your mind. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you never heard it. Maybe you think it was made up. By the way... If you're someone who's like, you know, I kind of need my faith to be strengthened a little bit. I truly encourage you to go to crossexamined.org or on YouTube, you can look up Crossexamined. There's a guy by the name of Frank Turek, I believe, uh, is his name. I'm sure a lot of the questions you have about God, he will have answered on there. Or if you want, send me a DM on Red Zone Radio and I could help you as well. But please don't be shy. Um... And, and don't be scared to ask God for help. But truly, I do pray for you, and I hope that you turn to Jesus. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode. It truly does mean a lot to me. Uh, thank you for all the, uh, thank you for all the support. Um, have a great day, everybody, and God bless.